Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate, and overwhelming stupidity. Hey, what's happening? Welcome to another episode of Full Count Chaos. Baseball coming to an end here shortly, but the Orioles are doing everything they can to continue to win games. I mean, that's what I love about this team. They have heart. They're trying their hardest to win. I mean, shit, what, two weeks ago, they're playing the Yankees for the uh, next wild card spot for the playoffs? Nobody saw that coming. I mean, it just happened quick. Before you know, they're like, holy shit, they're playing a four-game series against the Yankees, and that's an important series pertaining to the playoffs. And then, bam, shit the bed quicker than I, I even blinked. I'm like, wait a minute, what the hell happened? And now the Orioles, it doesn't look good for them to make the playoffs, but that's okay. You know what? Let's wrap the season up on a positive note. Let's win some games, and then boom, scene 2021, let's go. Whatever. Again, I didn't even think they would be fighting for the playoffs. And again, in how shit, when's the last time we said the Orioles were fighting for the playoffs in September? It's been a few years, right? And I don't want to hear that bullshit about, well, it was a 60-game season, and well, it was only because... I don't want to hear it. The Orioles were playing the Yankees for a playoff spot in September. End of discussion. That's it. Done. Uh Uh-uh. So that was fun because nobody thought that was going to happen. All right. A lot to go over. You can uh, reach me. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Got a few emails I want to go over that came in. Um, A couple weeks ago, I said, what have you learned? What have you learned from this season so far? If the season stopped now, which basically, shit, in a couple weeks, it will be done. Uh, you can also hit me up on Twitter, at Full Count Chaos, with those emails that came in, just basically piggybacking on that. A couple people wanted to reach out, say, hey, here's what I learned. And look, I'll I tell you what, I- I'll say it once more. I'm so goddamn sick of umps calling strikes and balls. I've mentioned it a million times on this podcast, but I'm sick of it. Sick of it. All the games that I've been watching, the umps are terrible. You guys. Glass now does not need any help. And that fucking umpire was giving him a strike zone that was about 10 feet wide. But Alex Cobb, it was the size of a butthole. Wait, what did you say? What are you doing? It's 2021. Or it's 2020. <laughs> Look, I'm already, I want this year to be over so bad. I'm already moving on to 2021. But where's the technology, you know? Let's go. We, 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 should, uh, we, we should already be on top of this. Anyway, uh, also, I apologize. I, I thought I mentioned in my episode of why, if I wasn't going to be uploading a new one the next week. I thought I mentioned uh, that I was going to be out of town. I got a few messages sent my way, text calls, you know, what emails. Uh, hey, where, where the hell are you? So I apologize for that. So thought I announced that. Um, I was in New Hampshire, uh, family situation. It's sad. You know, as the years go on, the older you get, family, friends, you know, they just start fading away and it's sad shit it was nice to see family i had i was driving up there to give support to hang out see family you haven't seen in a while and i tell you what i was in this cabin in the middle of nowhere with no internet wi-fi in order to check the scores i had to wait for the paper boy to make his route in the morning you know i go out get the paper look at the standings like what the fuck is happening here i was getting texts you know hey by the way this is what happened it was crazy i had a lot of fun and i'll tell you what you don't realize the chaos the stress, all the, I don't know, all those apps and all that scrolling and all that just chaotic mess of looking at your apps and Twitter and sh- until you actually get away. And I'm telling you, I was away from it. And it was nice. It was a relief. 
Felt weird. You know, I got to wait for the paper. Look at reading the paper, <laughs> reading about the Orioles and looking at the standings in the paper. I'm like, where the hell am I? Well, I'm in deep out in the woods in New Hampshire. That's where I was. And I, uh, I, I do wear a lot of Orioles gear. Like half my wardrobe is, is Orioles shit. And that starts a lot of conversations when I'm out of state. But I ran into a couple Red Sox fans. I probably shouldn't use the word fam because it's short for fanatic. You know, if you say you're a sports fan or an Orioles fan, it, it means that you follow them, you watch them, you read about them all the time. You are a Orioles fanatic. Well, these guys were wearing uh, Red Sox jerseys and they walk up to me. And these guys were like stuck in the mid-90s or something. I don't know what the... I, I'm sure you've been there. You, you talk to... You think you're talking to Orioles fans and they say something like, yeah, they, they, they need to start playing Nolan Reimold more or whatever happened to Mark Reynolds. How come he hasn't... How's, how come he's been riding the pine? You're like, all right. It's like five seconds into talking to these guys, you're like, I'm out of here. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking? You're asking me about Nolan Reimold and it's 2020. But that's what these guys were. They thought that they were still fighting the Yankees for the World Series. They thought the Orioles were, were in, in last place. Uh, I, I think one guy mentioned Pedroia. The other guy was talking about David Ortiz. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I was trying to be polite, but finally I was like, all right, I got to go. You were just talking about how you wish you could see David Ortiz play more. <laughs> and you're talking about the Red Sox being in first place. Like, who? what are you talking about? So I just politely, you know, eh, whatever the fuck I said and got the hell out of there. But I know you've all been there before. You talk to those sport fans, you're like, you don't really watch the Orioles, do you? <laughs> so, you know, you be polite. I mean, you don't shame them. You just kind of slowly back out of the conversation. All right, folks, before we move forward, always like to run this by you every week just to give you a hookup on things that are pretty exciting that you can get involved in. You might not be at the game this year. But you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. All right, one more, folks. I always remind you this every week, hooking you up. You know, you want to make sure that your significant other isn't going through the weeds to get to the good shit. (laughs) Manscaped.com. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. Guys, I always tell you, you don't want to snag the bag. You got to be careful. It's also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. Now, the Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit they're doing now featuring tempered stainless steel tools and it includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The 2.0 allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. Now, you'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. We won't judge you if we catch you sniffing yourself. It's okay. Now, this is how I'm going to hook you up. All the listeners on the show will get 20% off Anything you order, 20% off, plus free shipping 
with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Don't forget to use the code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. Um, All right, so we've got a lot that's happened with the Orioles the past couple weeks. Uh, Bruce Zimmerman started the other night. Really cool local boy, Ellicott City. Uh, Went to Towson for a little bit, uh, obviously from the Galsman trade a couple years ago. Rocky start. All right, he has some filthy stuff. He looked good. He almost got through his first out, uh, first inning. Unfortunately, he gave up a three-run home run. Uh, three innings pitch, four hits, five earned runs, two strikeouts, two home runs, one walk. He's got a 15 ERA now. <laughs> Welcome to the big leagues, kid. But it wasn't like he was just throwing up fluff. Look, it's his first outing. He's nervous. You know, it's it's not it's not going to be your best. It's not going to be your best outing. But that mustache, holy hell! If you watched the game, if you didn't, go right now and check out Bruce Zimmerman's mustache. Professional mustache. Somewhere, Tom Selleck is giving him the nod of approval. The mustache club members were very proud of him on Thursday. <laughs> he looked To me, he looked like an extra playing a cop in like Law & Order SVU. It's just only one episode. It's like Ice Cube walking in asking, all right, who arrived first on the scene? And then Bruce Zimmerman walked into the scene. Uh, yeah, that's me. Uh, yeah, the guy, I don't know, he jumped out of the car at about 4 o'clock. I chased him. I lost him. And that was it. <laughs> that was his big scene. But that's what he looked like to me. I don't know. That's the first thing. I'm like, a guy looks like an extra in Law and Order. He's just playing a cop. Things that I've learned from this season or reminded me this season. I, first thing that jumps out at me, Ryan Mountcastle is a fucking beast. Absolute beast. And I'm thankful that I get to watch him play on the Orioles. 337 average, five home runs, 21 RBIs, and 954 OPS. Every time there's runners in scoring position, that's the guy I want to come up to the bat. Ryan Mountcastle. And I loved watching him play first base Friday night. (laughs) I love it. And actually, uh, you know, kind of reminds you that, hey, maybe, maybe, saying bye-bye to Davis. And that was one of the emails that came in. Also Friday night, I you know what? Jose Flores, I'm I'm tired of watching him uh, on third base. He sends people out by a mile and holds runners up when they'd be safe by a mile. Austin Hayes almost got thrown out at second because he overran second to run to, well, he ran by second to go to third because he would have been safe by a mile. Chancisco would have been safe by a mile at home if Jose Flores wouldn't have uh, held him. The ball was bobbled. And Jose Flores still had the hold sign up. Austin Hayes is coming to third. Even Hayes, when he got back to second, he gave Flores a look like, what the fuck? I should be on third, and it should be one to nothing, or it should be one to one. It should be a tie game. I I don't know. Not a big fan of Jose Flores. Again, I even tweeted this out. Maybe it's just a, obviously we notice every time he fucks up on whether a bad send or a bad hold. You know. It just that was a ba- that was a bad look. I- I'm sure uh, uh, Brandon Hyde's going to kind of pull him aside and be like, "Dude, come on, <laughs> come on, what was that?" And speaking of Friday night, Velasquez, I'm I'm tired of watching him in the batter's box. He's fucking awful. He's terrible. I get it. He's fast. He's good in the field, but holy shit, he is an automatic out. He's another Chris Davis. That's basically what he's doing. He's taking Chris Davis's spot in the lineup for the automatic out. For the past seven at-bats for Andrew Velasquez, he has struck out five times 
and he's batting zero. Last 15 games, he's batting 174. Not good. Not a guy that you want to see come in the lineup when there's bases loaded, nobody out. And that's what he did on Friday night. And the third strike, he swung as if he didn't even want anything to do with standing in the batter's box. And yes, I'm aware that the Orioles uh, sent him down to Bowie. I'm aware that Phillips came up. But it was still frustrating. But I, I shouldn't only be picking on Velasco. The Orioles are just freezing cold right now with winning games or even just getting the big hit. I mean, Saturday night, the only run that they got, the bases were loaded and Chan Cisco gets hit. <laughs> we get, you know, we tie it up one to one. But on Saturday, it was, uh, what, one for eight, nine left on base. Couldn't get the big hit that game. Friday, the day before, what was it, uh, one for six, six left on base. And then Thursday, they lose again, three to one. Uh, Friday two to uh, Saturday three to one Friday two to one Thursday three to one one for five five left on base or just not getting the big hit Iglesias gets hit Saturday night right in the wrist I mean it looks like he just busted broke a bone he was in pain but the pitching's doing well it's the batting they just can't get big hits and there's nothing Brandon Hyde's really doing that fucking up the team's mojo. He's playing everybody he can. They're bringing up the young pitchers. He's putting in a decent lineup. It's just, you know, when you go cold, you go cold. That's about it. And that's where they're at. They cannot win games, and they can't get that solid hit with runners in scoring position to save their soul. And it's brutal. But on the brighter side, they're only losing by a run or two on one of the best teams in baseball right now against Tampa Bay. They're going toe-to-toe with them. They're only... They're only one swing away from actually beating the, this team in these games. Losing one to two runs, and I know that sounds kind of idiotic. Definitely a fan of a losing team when I'm sitting here going, well, they're only losing by a couple runs. <laughs> the goal is to win the game. But it's true. They're right there. I mean, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, third, what are they, 35-18? and 18? I think. Is that right? That doesn't sound right. Yeah, 35-18. and 18. There's no team. Uh, the only other team that has a better record than them are the Dodgers. They have 38 wins. They're 38 and 15. So again, the Orioles going toe to toe. That's a good sign. The pitching's keeping up. Uh, but the the, uh, the offense for the Orioles, they just freezing cold. Freezing fucking cold right now. All right, I want to get to some emails again. You can reach me fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys. A couple weeks ago. Wanted to know, uh, what have you learned from watching this season of the Orioles? Is there anything uh, that you, you're going to walk away and say, you know what I learned? I learned this. Well, Max from the Eastern Shore, love hearing where you guys are writing in from. He learned this year might be Chris Davis's last year. He says he can't believe it took Orioles almost four years to dump his ass. He also says the clubhouse should play that game with Stewart on hiding his glove. Max ends with he's not fun to watch in the outfield at all. And I agree with that. DJ Stewart is brutal to watch. He even looks like a little leaguer when he's trying. His glove looks like it's too big for his hand. I don't know if you've noticed that, but every time it looks like he's he's playing with a softball glove. It just looks a little weird to me. But DJ Stewart made another little league error. Uh, what was that? Friday night. 
And he's playing in Camden Yards. That's his home stadium. He should know everything about it. Playing the Rays, it's a tie game. He almost pulled a Jose Canseco. The ball almost hit him in the head and went over the wall. But he's backing up to the wall, and he just completely loses focus. He gets surprised that he runs into the wall. He's just kind of backpedaling a little bit. Hits the wall. I think the ball hit his glove. Again, he looks like a little leaguer trying to catch it, and then the ball goes rolling wherever, and Tampa Bay scores. And then Saturday night, DJ went to play a routine bounce off the wall. He's about five feet back. He was going to catch it off the wall with his bare hand, throw it into second. It would have been no outs, runner on second, but instead, now it's no outs, runner on third, because when DJ went to catch it with his hand, it's like he's cross-eyed and went right through, like went between his head and his hand. It's like, what the hell happened there? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And he's right. They we should play that game. I said that about I've said that about Ruiz. I've said that about uh, uh, Nunez when he was on third base. I've said that about Alberto. I still say that about Alberto. I guess I'm just in a bad. I feel like I'm shitting on everyone tonight. I'm just in a shitty mood. Again, even when the Orioles are out of it, even when they lose, no matter what, it's never fun. Uh, but yeah, Max, I agree. They, they should play the game where they hide DJ Stewart's glove and not tell him ever where it is. <laughs> but those airs in the outfield are what are are getting these teams that extra run or two. And because the Orioles are just not getting hits, they're losing one, two runs. In six of their last nine games, the Orioles have been held to a single run, and of course they lost each game. It's bad. And, and Max, I appreciate the email. And yes, uh, Chris Davis, I think he's gone. I know we've been having this conversation for many years, but I truly do believe this is it for Chris Davis. You know, you got Santander, Nunez, Stewart, Mountcastle. They have Mountcastle playing first. I just don't think, I mean, a couple of years ago, there really wasn't many pieces to move around. And they were, you know, obviously the rebuild was just starting. So what's the hurry to get rid of Davis? You just kind of hope he turns it around and he hits 30, 40 home runs a year for you again. And it just obviously never happened. So the beginning of this year when we're hearing about all this work that Davis has done and then he shits the bet again. And then all these players like uh, Nunez and Mountcastle and now DJ Stewart looks like he might be turning it around. Good to go, man. Adios. I think that's it. So, yeah, Max, uh, if it was a year or two ago, I'd laugh and say no. He'll be around for a while. But, I, yeah, I think uh, Davis, we, we we saw the last of him. All right, got another email from Kevin. He writes that he wants to chime in on things that he's learned over the season. He says, number one, I entered the season thinking we would be competing for worst record with hopes of drafting Rocker. Yeah, I think a lot of people have that hope. I said, look, if you're going to suck and you're going to be terrible all 60 games, just blow it, you know, just tank. Uh, but they didn't. <laughs> we're actually playing fun baseball, and a lot of us were enjoying watching them. But, you know, Kevin, when you have teams like the Pirates, uh, you're probably not going to be the worst team. And actually, right now, how many teams? There's there's a couple teams, actually, where, let's see, Boston, New York, uh, New York, Boston, uh, Pirates, Kansas City. So it's one, two, three. Texas has a worse record. There's four. Believe it or not, the uh, Nationals have the worst record. That's five. And Arizona. So there's six teams that have worse records than us right now. <laughs> 
So there goes with uh, drafting Rocker. But, yeah, uh, a lot of us felt that way, Kevin. Going into this season, said it a million times, I, I would have been surprised if they didn't even win more than 15. Uh, he says, number two, learning we have some pieces with the club now that will be here for when we are ready to compete in 2023. Hell, you know what? Some people say, fuck it, 2022. Why not in 2021? But you're right, Santander, Mount Castle, Hayes, Aiken, Kramer, Tanner, Scott, they're all stepping up, seeing some young pitchers stepping up, Zimmerman. Uh, you know, it, it should be, at, we're slowly starting to see them come up, giving them chances. And uh, a lot of them are coming through. Dylan Tate. Yeah, man. This is uh, this is turning out pr- pr- pretty exciting because, again, we're starting to finally see the future. You know, I think it's really going to kick in when we start seeing you know, Adley Rushman, Kerstead. Then it's going to be like, all right. And then these uh, the young pitchers that we saw we, you know, a couple years ago, which is this year, who are starting to, to get the experience. Things are going to start clicking. Hopefully, you know. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, number three says this team fights hard and is fun to root for. We'll likely fall short of playoff, but that's okay. Kevin, you're exactly right. That's okay. This team gave us hope in September for the playoffs, and that was pretty badass. Nobody thought that was going to happen. Anybody that you were talking to said, "I, you know, I guarantee you, probably in late September they're going to be fighting the Yankees for the wild card spot." You know, tell them to go f themselves because they're full of shit. So you're exactly right when you say, but that's okay. It's all right. Three, four, or five years, if they continue to be short of the playoffs, yeah, we're all going to start getting pretty ticked off. Uh, number four, he says, I miss being at the yard. I agree with that. I'm sure everybody agrees with that. I'm going through Camden Yards withdrawals. I never thought the day would come where I would actually say, I miss the wave, and I miss seeing grown men wearing baseball gloves walking around the stadium. <laughs> Talk to about that plenty of times on this podcast. It's actually one of the questions for the guests when I have on. I think it's, what do you hate the worst? The wave, grown men wearing uh, baseball gloves, or uh, somebody wearing a jersey of a team that's not even playing. I actually miss all three of those right now. (laughs) So, Kevin, I appreciate the email. Always love hearing from you. And, yes, I agree. I agree on everything you said. And absolutely I miss going to Camden Yards because this week was beautiful. It was like down in, what, like a high of 70, high of 65 all week. I mean, Saturday night it got as low as 54 degrees during game time. That would be great. A sweatshirt, I'd still be wearing my shorts. Perfect weather. Perfect baseball weather. And everything got all messed up. So, again, want to hear from you guys. FullCountChaos at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter at FullCountChaos. So the season's wrapping up. Just hopefully the, the Orioles can end on a, a high note. Hopefully they win like five in a row or they can at least their last home game in Camden Yards they can win. But this week was rough. I mean, Monday, the Orioles win 14-1. to And Jose Iglesias, God love him. I hope he's okay. Uh, he hits his first home run, and that was exciting. But, you know, the Orioles, their offense, they have some big bats in the lineup. And this just goes to show you, that when things are working, and I, I, I get that you can you can talk about that with any team, you know, when, when things are rolling, they can score a lot of runs, but the Orioles have proved that a number of times this season. But they score 14 runs, 
And that was when I was in New Hampshire, so I was having a tough time finding out what was going on, but I did hear from people about how the Orioles scored nine runs in the bottom of the third, (laughs) of course, against the Braves. It's the first time since they've scored nine or more runs in an inning, uh, what was it, since April 15th of 2016 when they scored nine in the seventh at the Rangers. I remember that game, of course. I act like that was, you know, 30 years ago. And Lopez uh, becomes first Orioles pitcher to complete seven innings this season. Uh, Tuesday they lose 5-1. to one. That's 0 for 5 runners in scoring position. Uh, Wojciechowski, two innings pitch, four hitch, three runs, six ERA. And then the Orioles said, all right, goodbye. See you later. We kind of figured that was happening with the young arms coming up in the rotation. And Wojo couldn't keep a ball in the park to save his soul. So, unfortunately, he left, but I have a feeling he will be back, and the Orioles will use him in the future. Wednesday, we got to see Keegan Aiken. He had eight strikeouts through four innings. And the Braves entered the season leading majors in runs, and he pitched five scoreless innings. You love seeing that shit. And then he had a career high of nine strikeouts. Five innings pitched, three hits, one walk, 19 swings and misses. Keegan Aiken, come on up, helping out the Orioles. Fucking right. Thursday, of course, um, first game they lost. Kramer, five innings. Kramer, I'm sorry. Five innings, three hits, one run, three walks, six strikeouts. His ERA is 169. And then, they, of course, I talked about it earlier with Zimmerman, his debut, second game. God, I love that mustache. <laughs> An extra in Law & Order, SVU. Friday, 2-1 to one loss. Bases loaded, no outs, didn't even make contact. Alex Cobb pitched a good uh, pitched a good game. Six innings pitched, four hits, five strikeouts, two earned runs. Glass now struck out 10 in five innings, lowered his ERA to 2.08. God damn, Tampa Bay, they have their shit together when it comes to pitching. Mm. So the Orioles the rest of the way, let's see, this week, Tuesday. Well, Sunday, of course, they wrap it up with the Rays. Tuesday, Boston, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday, they wrap it up with the Blue Jays in Buffalo. So, and then there you have it. And then we'll see. I'm obviously put out a few more episodes. We'll talk about the playoffs, see what's happening with that. And are you a fan who, at the end of this season, are you an asterisk person? Are you one of those folks who are like, you know what? No matter what happens, I don't care who wins this. It doesn't really mean much. It's only 60 games and some players opted out and blah, blah. Or do you still feel whoever wins this earned it? Of course they earned it. It's kind of a jackass thing to say. But do you still feel like it doesn't matter? You know, 60 games, 160. If you can win it, win it all. You deserve it. That's it. No asterisks. I don't want to hear that shit. It's funny. A lot of conversation, a lot of different conversations that I hear and read about and that I have personally. But there's a lot of people that say even if the Orioles won, they, it wouldn't feel the same because, it, you know, 2020 is a jacked up year anyway. But they say because of the, uh, the with the COVID and some teams didn't play as much as others and it was only 60, you know, it wouldn't have felt like the real thing if the Orioles would have went all the way. You know, let's say the Orioles did get in the playoffs this season and they did win the whole thing. Would you still be celebrating, running next to that parade? Feeling like it's the real thing, which I think you should feel that way if that did happen. Whether it's a 10-game season, a five-game round-robin tournament, if the Orioles are holding up that trophy, I don't care how many games were played or what kind of year it was. 
You're fucking right. I'm going to be celebrating. So just wondering how you're feeling about this season getting wrapped up. And uh, will you be paying attention to the playoffs coming up? I mean, when the Orioles are out of it anyway, I, I know a lot of people, once their team's out of it, they're done. They don't want to watch any of it. But it's baseball. It's playoffs. Of course, I'm going to be watching it. And speaking of the playoffs, I'm sure you've heard, Justin Verlander, he's going to need Tommy John surgery. He's going to be out this the rest of this season, and it sounds like the entire season of 2021. Now, regardless of what's happening, you never want to see anyone get injured. All right? I've said that a million times. But in this situation, it's kind of difficult to start feeling sorry for people and start feeling sorry for the team. You know? Again, I don't like seeing anyone get hurt, but because of... You know, we're talking about the Houston Astros. We're talking about Verlander, who was on the Astros. And I guess we're also saying, look, he's going to be okay. He will come back and play baseball. And, of course, knowing he gets to go home every night to Kate Upton. Nobody should feel sorry for him right now. (laughs) But, you know, again, it still sucks. He will be back. But, yeah, that's that's a big blow to the Houston Astros, who I really don't give a fuck about. And a lot of people are feeling the same way. Uh, But 39 years old, he's thrown 48,822 pitches. I mean, holy shit. You talk about some wear and tear on that arm. So Verlander not being with the Houston Astros, who, again, looks like they're going to make the playoffs this year. And I'm sure they're going to probably make it again next year if they do. But it sounds like this year, and if so, next year, they will be down Verlander no Justin Verlander the rest of the season so whatever so October baseball's coming up it doesn't look like the Orioles are going to be there but that's all right we got to finish out the season strong hopefully they just win the rest of the games and then we go into 2021 all pumped up ready to go and then who knows we'll see Adley Rushman in that lineup again still love to hear from you guys fullcountchaos at gmail.com appreciate you tuning in till next time see you